for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of BizTalk on the 5th annual CIE, China International Import Expo, the world's largest import expo. I'm Jun Junfeng. As China's biggest annual extravaganza in imports, CIE has become an important window for enterprises to enjoy the great opportunities created by China's growth. Over the past five years, since the first CIE session in 2018, we've been seeing more and more exhibitors coming and staying. And this year, companies from almost 150 companies, regions and international organizations have participated in the exhibition, setting a new record. Among them are nearly 300 Fortune 500 companies and industry leaders. In addition, about 90% of the companies that participated last year have come back this year. For example, such companies as Honeywell and ABB have participated in all five CRIE exhibitions. Today, we have two fantastic guests joining us online. That's Mr. Lance Eckline, General Manager of ABB China, and Mr. William Yu, President of Honeywell China. Gentlemen, welcome to our roundtable. First of all, please briefly introduce your company to our audience since both of your companies are mainly about industrial technology, are famous in 2B and 2G business, uh, but not so much 2C. Yeah, well, it's an honor to be here. Uh, ABB is a leading technology company focusing on electrification, motion, robotics, and process automation. We have companies across China in close to 30 cities. We have 15,000 employees in China. China is our second largest market globally. Uh, more than 90% um, of sales in China are from locally made um, products and solutions. And Mr. Yu? We are, uh, uh, has more than 100 years uh, history. And uh, Honeywell has been here in China for almost 90 years. And Ooh. now... Uh, we have uh, almost 10,000 employees, uh, over 20 manufacturing sites, and China is already the second largest market for Honeywell and the biggest growing market. So we are lucky to be here, and uh, I'm happy to be here today uh, along with, uh, with you. Yeah. It's great to hear that uh, both companies uh, see China as the, your second largest market in the world. I'm sure that CIE also provides a good platform opportunity uh, for different industry players to communicate with each other. I understand that both ABB and Honeywell have participated in CIE for the fifth year now. Uh, ABB, I heard news that has even signed up for next year. Uh, what's special about CIE that keep you coming back, William? Uh, Honeywell is one of the few uh, multinational companies to make a commitment to participate in the first session, which is uh, 2018. Uh, I uh, signed an agreement uh, on behalf of Honeywell to participate in the next uh, CIAE. Uh, the reason is such a great platform for companies like Honeywell to demonstrate our solutions, leading edge technologies, and also give us opportunity to meet our existing customers and also to know our new customers. The third piece is also very important to find the partners to work with government, to work with big Chinese companies, and also the fourth piece explore what will be the future in China for our business. 
So this is, uh, uh, we see all the benefits and we will commit it to come back again and again. Great. So what kind of message do you think China is sending to the world by hosting such a huge event? This is only the, the fifth edition, and yet it's recognized as being such a major uh, trade fair. Um, I, I think um, in terms of key messaging, um, President Xi actually in his opening speech has, has put this uh, very accurately. He has described um, CIAE as a showcase for China's new development paradigm. He has mentioned it uh, being a platform for high standard opening up. Uh, and has described it as a as a public good. Mm -hmm. And th that is also how um, we are perceiving it uh, and uh, the benefit that we are seeing from it. So uh, much along the lines also of what William was describing before. So we are always learning um, during CIE. We're learning about the expectations from our customers. We're learning about what types of products they um, like to see us develop. Uh, and we can take that back to our engineers to uh, be working on that and to be coming back the next year at CIE with even better and more suitable products for the local market. Right. Uh, which is then again to uh, take your point why we signed up uh, for 2023 already, because yep. we're very confident in this event and we will be back. Good to know that. Uh, let's talk about the tangible business opportunities that you've made during the CIE. Uh, apart from just demonstrating your technologies and vision. William? For this year, uh, when you had a joint venture with Sinopec, uh, we set up this 30 years ago. On this year's CIIE, we renewed the agreement. This means both sides, both Sinopec and Huni will feel pretty happy with the joint venture. Mm -hmm. And also both sides make a commitment for the next 30 years. Now I give you another one, which was uh, last year, we signed agreement uh, with uh, Tianjin local government mm -hmm. and uh, tried to uh, bring in our regional uh, business centers, operation centers, and also our R&D centers uh, to Tianjin. Right. And we signed the contract last year. Now, within 10 months, okay. this operation is already started running. It's, it's already run in, in, uh, in, in Tianjin. So we see the, the, the China speed and the leverage uh, CIE as a platform to achieve real results. Right. Typical China speeds. And uh, to you, Mr. Eckline, yeah. what kind of business have you made uh, during your experience on CIE? I would like to mention is that um, for the new products that we are launching each year at, at CIE, we're of course also tracking how um, commercially viable they are. And it's actually interesting to see how widely they are being accepted. Also here, I would just like to want to share one concrete example. Uh, three years ago at CIE, we were launching a mobile gas leakage detection system. Um, that's actually a very interesting solution because it allows from a distance to detect if there's a leakage in a gas pipe. Right. So as of now, more than 30 cities across China have adopted that solution. It covers more than 500,000 kilometers of gas pipelines. So, so really uh, impressive. I'm also very glad uh, to say and very proud that this solution is now displayed at the CIIE Culture Center. Celebrating the successes of, of CIIEs really makes us very proud and honored. Great to know. 
Thank you so much, gentlemen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what opportunities lie ahead for foreign companies as China is pushing for further opening up. Stay with us. Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted, and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our new podcast, Why We Loved Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on the major podcast platforms. Why We Loved Dunhuang, you will have your answers. The fifth China International Import Expo, or CIE, once again demonstrates China's commitment to further opening up. Foreign companies have noticed that and have increased their investment in China. Take a look. In the first quarter of this year, China was the world's second largest destination for foreign direct investment and was just one billion U.S. dollars short of the United States. Many companies are eyeing a stronger market presence in China through CIE, based on shared prosperity and opportunities for. All. NCI is clearly the best demonstration of China's opening up commitment. Now, high standard opening up is a key policy. Now, let's get back to our guests, uh, Mr. William Yu and Mr. Lance Eckline. Uh, tell us your take on China's policy stance by adopting this upgraded version of opening up, high standard opening up. Uh, starting from you, William. Okay, so a few things. The first is a certainty. So within the next few years, at least five, maybe 10, or even longer time, China will still open to the market. Second, as there will be another boom for the economic growth in China, so companies like Honeywell need to be ready to scale up our policy and our commitment and our investment. The third piece is we may need to bring uh, participate in a more tough competition, not only from uh, international companies, but it may also come from Chinese companies. So in order to sustain our growth, in order to win the race, companies like Honeywell should not have some reserve, but more commitment and more investment to mm-hmm. be in China to serve our customer and to capture the opportunities. Right. And Ms. Eklein, how do you understand this uh, systemic opening uh, policy? Yeah, first of all, want to want to mention that as multinational companies operating in China, yeah. um, I think we've seen a lot of progress over the last uh, years. We've seen wider market access being granted. We've seen the streamlined administration system. Uh, we've seen reform in areas such as finance or, or, or tax. And we've also been a beneficiary uh, of it. I did mention earlier China being our second largest market globally. Uh, highly localized, full range of business activities. Uh, all this is only possible in this uh, positive 
um, uh, business environment that has been created and we're really grateful for the support that we are receiving from governments uh, at, at all levels. And with that and the announcements um, that you also just quoted from, yeah. we are confident about the future development uh, in China um, and uh, to further expand our footprint in China. Right. And um, Mr. Eckline, so we know that ABB's new robotics manufacturing site in Shanghai is now fully operational. Uh, share with us some of the experience. How does it uh, come into your global supply chain? How does the whole investment and uh, uh, building process uh, yes, so so we have invested around 150 million US dollars into our new robotics mega factory, and as you rightly pointed out, it is finalized now. Mm -hmm. um, the teams have moved in, and we're, we're very glad to be officially opening it uh, on December 2nd um, uh, this year. The number of robots that have been installed has never been larger, mm -hmm. uh, including in China, which has installed last year 270 or close to 270,000. Um, robots, mm. which, by the way, is more than the rest of the world combined. Wow. Mm. Yet, at this point in time, the robot density, which measures the number of robots per 10,000 workers in China, while increased dramatically over the last years, it's still lower mm. than in a number of, of other uh, countries. Mm. And so therefore, we remain very optimistic uh, about the prospects in the robotics business. The robotics from our new factory will primarily be for the China market, mm -hmm. given its sheer size, but also uh, uh, some of them will be going in, into export. So it's actually going beyond uh, just China. We're very proud uh, about this accomplishment and yeah, look forward to the open, official opening of our factory. Gentlemen, let's talk about this. China has reiterated that real economy will be the center of China's development. Uh, both of your companies are focusing on real economy, manufacturing, industrial technologies, and also energy and so on. What's your understanding of China's determination on developing the real economy instead of uh, other things? William, to you first. Yeah, so I, I could, yeah, I could kick off. Uh, so first, I, I believe this is the right uh, decision because no matter what, people need to consume, people need to enjoy the life, they need something real. So, mm. real economy. This is a great experience, it's a great decision. Now, this, what this means to the companies like us, mm. uh, first is we do have the ready now, uh, cutting edge technologies and the solutions that we could serve our customers in China. Mm -hmm. So this is one piece. The second piece is means, uh, uh, they will, the growth of the economy will consume more energy. Mm -hmm. So how to bring, uh, energy friendly, yeah. environment friendly solutions. Sustainable solutions, these kind of things, this could be a very good opportunity for companies like Honeywell, but we need to work with the government, we need to work with uh, agencies, we need to work with all the uh, customers so that we could grow, uh, we could achieve the growth along with the economy, but also make society and the environment very friendly. Mr. Eckerklein, what's your understanding of China's determination on focusing the real economy, the made in China, the manufacturing industry? 
when we're thinking of the real economy impacts, there are actually quite a few things that, that, that do come to mind. Uh, smart manufacturing being the first one, but smart city and buildings uh, is another energy savings can be can be generated. E-mobility is another area. Yeah. Uh, a fourth area that does come to mind is the energy transformation. And therefore, we are very optimistic about the future development prospects in this real economy. Let's follow up a little bit, uh, Mr. Eckline. Tell us about your understanding of the market potential in China in applying the technologies that your company specializes in, such as uh, energy, you just taught, told us, uh, robotics, uh, some digitalization. Uh, yes, remarkable progress has been made in China in many of these areas. If we're looking at the topic of the energy transition towards more renewable energies, absolutely remarkable progress in the last 10 years. Um, the installed capacity of renewable energies in China today is 90 times what it was 10 years ago. Mm. Um, uh, the capacity is over a billion um, kilowatts. Um, yeah. That is a record, yeah, the, the largest for any country in, in the world. And that's what I was referring to uh, in, in terms of the further progress uh, in, in those respective areas. Glad to hear that. We'll be back after a very short break and talk about what Mr. Ekla was trying to mention, China's uh, uh, building of an ecological civilization and an energy-saving business. Want to learn about world affairs in a more laid-back and accessible manner? Join insiders, experts, and analysts in the casual setting of the chat lounge to hear their personal experiences and opinions on major events and hot issues. Subscribe to Chat Lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Welcome back to this very special edition of Biz Talk on Studio on this uh, fifth annual CRIE China International Import Expo. I'm joined by two very special guests to talk about uh, very concerned issues on this event. Most of the world's economies are in recovery. How to during how to deliver a green recovery is vital for tackling the urgent and interconnected challenges of climate change. As the world's largest developing economy, China's grain development has massive implications for the world. In 2020, China supplied 70% of the world's solar panels. The country has been the world's top producer of solar panels for 15 consecutive years. It also manufactures over 70% of the world's lithium-ion batteries. To achieve climate goals, John efforts from both the public and private sectors are needed. At CIE, many companies showcase their solution for creating a greener future. 
Now, gentlemen, back to our discussion. Uh, Mr. Eckline uh, was uh, trying to talk about some green efforts. Both of your companies have very important businesses in energy conservation and have set your carbon deduction goals. CIE always has the theme in green development. So, Mr. Eckline, green development is not only politically correct, but apparently it's now creating strategic business opportunities uh, for the economy and, of course, your company. What's your understanding? Well, sustainability really is a key to ABB's value proposition as well as it is to our business operations. We are committed to be helping our customers reduce their carbon emissions by at least 100 megatons until the year 2030. Many of our customers are in industry, in buildings or in transportation, which mm -hmm. is responsible for 75% of global carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. If you take electric motors, that are used in a wide array of industry applications, they are responsible for more than 40% of electricity consumption. And with energy efficient motors combined with variable speed drives, you can save a lot of these energies. Mm. Uh, we have um, in our operations in China, uh, so far sold 11 million um, motors and drives to our customers in China. Mm. And um, that has contributed to energy savings of more than 500 million kilowatt hours. The second part of our low carbon targets is related to our own operations. We do have, uh, as of as of now, um, four of our factories in China that are certified as green factories. But again, there, that's also a journey and more needs to be done. Right. And um, I believe that uh, CIE is gradually becoming a platform not to just uh, buying goods and communicate, but also a platform for exchanging ideas and concepts. So let me ask this question. Now the world is facing a huge disruption in energy supply, especially in Europe. Countries are going back to coal or even wood for heating uh, this coming winter. That would jeopardize carbon targets uh, set by these countries at a time when extreme weather patterns are hurting the earth environment. Uh, tell us, gentlemen, what could be some possible technologies that can be used to address this issue? William? Uh, so I got a startup. Uh, first, I feel very sorry for people live in Europe, especially during the winter time. Many of them may have a very hard time. Now, at least they have uh, multiple solutions to address uh, these uh, these challenges. One is, of course, use the technologies to significantly improve the energy efficiency. No mm. matter this is in the buildings uh, or in the in the factories or during the transmission. Now, the second piece is we may still call the use coal uh, to uh, for generator power or for yeah. other things. If we call the use technologies, for instance, carbon capture. Mm. How we could capture 95%, even 98% of the carbon during or after the uh, coal power generation. Yeah. This means we still could have a lot of energy and feel comfortable, live comfortable. Yeah, Mr. Eckline, the current energy disruption in the world may not be the last. So we could the world may see more or frequent energy disruptions like this so what can a technology driven company uh, like abb offer as uh, solutions i'm hoping that in the long term uh, the current uh, energy crisis 
um, may even accelerate the transition towards renewable energies. And I think that has become clear, very clear in the current energy crisis that the investments need to continue into renewable energies. But it needs uh, quite a long period of time for investment, installment and application. Right. That is true. Um, but I also want to remind that the basis already is, is, is also quite high in investments have been made, but you're absolutely right. Uh, more investments will take uh, a longer time. The other element, um, and that's in line with what William has also mentioned before, uh, is to optimize energy efficiency. And there are multiple ways to be doing that with today's technologies. Technologies will evolve further going forward. Uh, but we need to use uh, today's technologies to the, to the maximum and a lot of further achievements are, are possible in these challenging times. Right, definitely. I understand that uh, both of your companies are multinational companies and it is important to discuss the global ec economic environment where your companies are operating in. There's no way to avoid addressing these issues uh, uh, for example, major advanced economies are facing high inflation and growing risks of a recession through next year. Uh, what are some of your strategies in coping with tough economic conditions from you, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Yu? Okay, so uh, we are mainly working on a few uh, areas. One is uh, plan for the worst. So mm. what this means is we look at inside any any uh, uh, places that we call to find the ways to reduce the waste to reduce the cost the second piece is find the growth vectors uh, for instance in china uh, overall automobile sales is a flat or limited growth but look at the e-vehicles it's a double digit sometimes some months it's even three digit how we call to capture this kind of growth opportunity also life science healthcare huge opportunity here in China. And it's not only opportunity, but in reality, every month it's a double-digit growth. So how we could capture this growth vectors? And the, the third piece is innovation. Hmm. How to serve our customer better. The environment may be challenged, but they always have opportunity to maintain our profitability and even to achieve the top-line growth. Right. Well said. And to you, Mr. Eckline, uh, this is also our final question. Uh, do you agree with Mr. William Yu that there are opportunities even in tough times like where we're going through now? And uh, ABB, I believe, with a very long history of development, uh, must have your strategies in coping with the current tough economic conditions globally. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with what William has, has said before, but at the same time, we need to bear in mind that we need to invest into the future growth areas and keep investing into those and we need to keep innovating. So the investments in research and development are critical and the investments into those areas where we see future growth potential uh, are important. And when we're looking at the China market, of course, we're looking at the high quality growth. We're looking at the investments that we're expecting in the areas of sustainability. And we need to make sure that we're well aligned with, with those. And if we're well aligned, uh, then, of course, we can create win-win strategies um, and, um, and, and succeed um, in, in the market. Wow. I really appreciate our deep, deep discussion on so many areas. I think uh, uh, we will wrap up this special edition of BizTalk on CDTN. Thank you for your time, Mr. Lance Eckline, General Manager of ABB China, and Mr. William Yu, 
president of Honeywell China. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Thank you. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. And that brings to the end of this edition of Biz Talk on a special coverage of the fifth annual CIE. I'm Jujufeng.